Hello and welcome to episode 6 of Puck and Dirty. My name is David, and as you see, I'm going at this solo today. Uh, welcome to episode 6. I'm, I'm happy to have another chance here to discuss the Penguins and the NHL on the podcast here. Uh, in case you didn't know, we're, this podcast is called Puck and Dirty. We're a hockey podcast, Penguins podcast, uh, for the Dirty J Sports, Net, Sports Network. Uh, primarily, we do cover the Penguins and Florida Panthers and you know any kind of hockey pop culture out there. Uh, we have socials, if that interests you. We post frequently on there. We post weekly. Um, so, yeah, check it out at Dirty J Hockey uh, on all of the socials. Um, so, usually, uh, we kind of chit-chat a little bit, uh, me, Matt, and uh, Ryan, or any other of the uh, uh, guests who come on the show. But today, I'm just solo, so might not be as long, but I'll still t- talk to you guys here. Um, my week, you know, last week, it wasn't so bad. Um, parents were on vacation. Um, it was Thanksgiving, but, you know, kind of did our own thing. Me and my girlfriend, Kai, um, it was a good time. Had a lot, had a lot of relaxing time and I've been, you know, kind of looking forward to that, you know, moment in, in time here. Um, over the weekend, I did go to a, uh, a Penguins game with my brother and I'll talk to that a little bit more in detail at the end. It was first Toronto, and if you uh, follow the Penguins, you know they lost a pretty lopsided game, uh, four to one. Uh, but I'll talk more about that in the Penguins section uh, here. Right now, I'm just going to go ahead and jump right into the the hockey pop culture, um, or you know the current happenings. And right now, we're reaching the quarter away mark in the NHL season, which is 21 games around there. Um, I'd like to highlight some of the bigger surprises and letdowns, more more so on the letdowns because I think that's, you know, there's more to dig into. When everything's going well, it's easy to just see that. And I feel like when teams are doing poor or middling, it's, you know, a little bit harder to see and maybe a little bit more fun to dig into and maybe speculate. I don't know. We'll see. But uh, the biggest surprises, I mean, to know, I feel like everyone would agree, would be the, the Devils being 19-4 and four, and they're sitting number one on the standings um, right below them are, are the, the Bruins who are 18 and four. Um, these teams have, have been battling it for first place now. And yeah, people were talking a lot about the, uh, the Bruins, but I feel like a lot of that talk, at least in the hockey heads, you know, on, on the television, on the networks, uh, they really just kind of forgot about the, the Bruins and just really started talking about the devils, which is awesome. I mean, Jack Hughes probably saved Dunkel from losing to me last week, which sucks. But he has like he had a hat trick. He has like five goals in three games. He's on fire. Um, there's a lot of good to, on this team. I mean, Vanacek is playing way better than he did on the Capitals. Uh, these guys seem to play well in this system, and they just score at will. And it's not like they're going to like these shootouts. Like they are beating teams like officially in regulation and they're they're not allowing a lot of goals while while they do it which is kind of the most impressive part um they stand at 50 51 goals allowed which is well below the league average they are number three in that category and they have 87 goals for which is second in the league so yeah they they have the high one of the highest goal differentials and that just indicative of a great team and the Bruins are also at a high goal differential. They're actually higher than the Devils. So uh, I said the Bruins were 18 and four. They're 18 and three, by the way. Uh, but these two teams, they are they're battling it out. Um, they the Bruins have two games uh, in pocket versus the Devils. Um, I honestly think they might be playing here in like pretty soon. I, I I'm not exactly sure. I can I can check that, but. I'm going to definitely circle that game and watch. And I I assume the hockey media would definitely make some kind of big, big deal about that game. I don't know if the NHL has the rights to just like take over a game and like broadcast it on, I don't know, like ESPN or something, but they totally should because that game will be sick um, for sure. Uh, My other surprise is more not because they're good, because people expected the, the Maple Leafs to be good. It's, how good they are with all of these injuries to their defense. Um, they're missing, uh, let me think about this, four, 
defensemen that are, are starting quality. Uh, DJ Brody, Morgan Riley, um, Jordy Ben, Jake Muzzin, uh, Samsonov got hurt as well. Like these are all players that were playing well or are established players that are good. Um, Morgan Riley had 16 points in 20 games, and Samsonov was six and two with a 9-2-1 save percentage and a 2-2 three goals against and Samsonov, my, my fantasy team surely misses him. So I would definitely like having him back on my squad. And, and the surprises are different between these, these teams. Um, the three teams I've said Toronto is supposed to be good, but they definitely shouldn't be good with all of these injuries. And some of these younger guys that have, have filled in are just contributing at a, at a rate that is, you know, successful for them or it makes them successful. Um, Marner was on a 17 game point streak and that's still continuing as of right now at 6:15 in the evening on a, on a Tuesday here. Um, that's 23 points during that streak. And he's actually one game shy of the Maple Leafs record, uh, held by Daryl Sittler and Ed Olziak. Um, these are two pretty good players. I looked into it and they're like legendary players for the leaves. So having his name up there would be pretty cool. It's I'm surprised it's not Austin Matthews, but honestly, I've been, if, if you've watched hockey, you know how good Mitch Marner is. He has like three good years of like a hundred point seasons or something like that. Um, I've had him on my fantasy team. Okay. I, I lied. Not three years, two years. He got 94 and 97, but he was close. Uh, the one year he got injured, I think that was last year. I had him on my fantasy team. He was a monster. I, I definitely uh, enjoyed having him on my team, and I actually watched him more and because of that. And he's definitely a very talented player. Um, there's definitely the the shrinkage that people you know talk about in the playoffs. He doesn't really score goals. He only has seven goals in 39 games played. Which is kind of problematic for for his squad because you know the the tough goals are the ones in the playoffs and you want to get those for your your boys and your team so you can advance and I mean every, I don't have to tell everyone about Toronto's playoff failures for the last what fifty years or something like that so yeah definitely uh, surprising but for a different reason um, some of the teams with the biggest letdowns I got I got three of them one of them is definitely the team that I I like. Uh, like to watch in the Florida Panthers. Uh, I mean, this probably comes to surprise to no one who's listened to the pod before. The the Panthers are under underachieving so badly, and you know I I've talked about uh, Sam Bennett underperforming and uh, Sam Reinhardt underperforming, but when I really zoomed out of this season and kind of like, what was the expectation this year for the the Panthers? And I think after a disappointing second round loss, you would like to get back at it and, you know, maybe get to the conference finals or the Stanley cup finals. Um, yeah. That's rolling right there. He made an appearance on the pod. I think Kai wanted that. Um, but that last year I, I zoomed out, like I was saying, I zoomed out. Um, and I looked at the off season moves and I also looked at like the current roster and like they, they signed some of these players late, but, um, I think the their moves or their roster has really been hurt by that Claude Giroux trade. They really sold the farm when they they went for Claude Giroux. Uh, it, it's it's showing. Um, their their bottom six depth is bad. Their their defense is equally as bad. Um, the fourth line is really what I wanted to highlight. And Eric Stahl and Patrick Hornquist are way past their primes. Uh, Stahl's thirty eight years old right now and at one point he was a really really good player uh, he won a cup with the hurricanes but right now he is a, a shell of that player he he looks like he's 38 years old out there he has zero points in 15 games played and he's looked awful since 2020 um he had 10 points in the nhl he even played in the ahl during this point 20 point or 10 points in the nhl since 2020 and that was in 68 games played with a 30 negative 36 uh, plus minus. And I know people have issue with plus minus, but being out on the ice when 36 goals more are scored than when you're scoring, you know, there's a, has to be a little bit of a correlation of poor defense and 
play or just not being in position or being on a bad team. It's he's just maybe all of those, but definitely his his play has a factor in that. Um, Hornquist is also kind of just a body out there. He has one goal, one assist, and 19 games played. Uh, these guys. They're not formidable like they were. Like, I remember Horny when he was on the Pens winning back-to-back cups. He was a tough son of a bitch. I'd go right in front of the goalie and stir up trouble. You know, be kind of a magnet maybe for even Crosby and, and the others to not get abused as much. He was definitely a gritty player and one of those players you need on your team to win a Stanley Cup. But I remember when we dealt him, I wasn't necessarily upset that we lost him. His contract, he gets paid $5.3 million, and if you can even fathom paying this guy $5.3 million, yeah, our, the Penguins roster would be awful, and there's no secret or no wonder the Florida Panthers roster is awful with him on it. Uh, at least Eric Stahl doesn't get that much money. Um, $5.3 million is way too much to get only two points in 19 games. And, and this is Horny's last year in this deal, so I wouldn't expect him to come back to Florida or... I don't even know if he'll come back to hockey. I, I don't know, obviously, but the guy deserves his rest and break. He already won two cups. Enjoy life while while you have it, you know. Sorry, I needed a little bit of a little water there. Um, the last dude on the, the fourth line is Ryan Lomberg, and I kind of feel sorry for him because he had a promising season last year. He had 18 points and 55 uh, games played. And he kind of just saddled with this dead weight of a 38-year-old and a 35-year-old man who aren't playing good hockey anymore. So what, what do you expect him to do? I, I, it's, it's rough for him. And I, I think he only has a, a few points this year. And he, he probably didn't get him from an assist on any of those guys. Yeah, Rom, Lomberg has four points this year, two goals, two assists. And honestly... It's unlikely that the other two contributed anyway, so it sucks for him, but, you know, he's still kind of young. He's 27, but I hope he gets a contract past this year because I, I didn't really think he was that bad. I think a fourth-line, third-line player for sure, but not necessarily a bad player. Um, he's kind of small, but the Panthers are a high-skilled team, so high-skilled, high-speed team, and that's how the league is nowadays, so you're not going to see some six foot five guy who can't skate anymore. Long are those days dead. Um, with that being said, I, I, I will offer some insight for the Panthers. I think if they're going to be serious they season, this season, they need to make a move. And they need to make it fast. They are slipping in my power rankings. They are slipping in the, the regular you know, NHL rankings. Um they're, they're getting they're getting towards the middle middle of the pack and they might actually even be dead center middle. They're they're just allowing too many goals and and they're scoring all right, but it's it's the defense that's concerning. It's the paying ten million dollars to a goalie that isn't really worth ten million dollars anymore. I don't know if he ever was, and I don't know if any goalie ever was, but Sergei Sergei Bobrovsky definitely is not. Um, the pan the, the Panthers. I, I'm I'm done with them. Unless they move horny, really, I mean, $5.3 million off the books would be nice, but you're going to have to pay to do that. And do you think this roster can win a Stanley Cup as is? I personally don't. I don't even know if it'll go past first round, let alone get in the playoffs. And they're, they're only sitting at 10-8-4 right now, but that's just because they have uh, Matthew Tachuk and Barkov playing out of their minds, playing a point per game at least. It's hockey's more than one line though, so <sighs> moving on, moving on. The the Sabers are on this list, and for a, a different reason because I think the expectations were a little bit different for the Sabers. Um, they came into the season, people really weren't giving them much much credit, much credence. They 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 kind of pushed this team aside, and honestly, I I feel like that's rightfully so. This team on paper does not look amazing i feel like some of their players have overachieved but their goaltending is really where i thought they were suspicious at um the, the sabers are the, one of the biggest letdowns for me is because they have had an eight game losing streak that just wasted their hot start that they had um 
they're only on this list really because of that losing streak. They would be an over or overachiever, like one of the the surprises I'd have. But they lost eight in a row, and the, in the Atlantic, they need to grab every single point they can get if they want to make playoffs. So sitting at nine, twelve, and one, you, you gotta you gotta really you know consider what you got here. I think, and you're a quarter of the season way through. Do you make a small move here? Do you make a small move there? I don't know. They have some cap space. Like, I think uh, it, it would be an interesting move or interesting thought. Um, it, it would be a shame if, you know, they don't ever sniff playoffs. I, I, I kind of th- feel like they've been one of these bad teams for so long and with such a good fan base, dedicated fan base. I feel like they deserve, um, you know, Something, some playoffs or something. Um, but anyway, uh, the, this season uh, they they had that eight gaming lo- losing streak, right? They've gone two and two since then. And tonight they play Detroit Tuesday tonight. Um, I think that'll actually be a good game, and I I think I'm gonna tune into it. Last game that they played was uh, October 31st. They won. The Sabers won eight to three against the the Wings, and Tage Thompson had three goals, three assists. And I think this kind of offers a glimmer of hope of maybe what will happen tonight. I don't think Detroit is, you know, above that playoff line necessarily. I think they're, like, kind of at it. Um, I think if the Sabres could really work on their goals allowed, which is 27th right now, they could definitely uh, make playoffs and make a considerable push, uh, you know, past some of these other teams who are fringe. Uh, I was thinking, you know, in a long shot or just like our, our, our armchair GM mode here, uh, adding John Gibson to this team could actually be pretty legit, I think. Um, John Gibson, he seems to be on his way out out of, out of the Ducks organization. Um, there's definitely been stories like recently with like last two years and Right now, John Gibson has a 4.14 goals against an 8.9 save percentage, and he's lost four game or won four games and lost 12. Um, so this guy, you know, might want to get a change of scenery before he really uh, is, you know, doesn't have a chance of winning any cups. And he's actually from Pittsburgh, so I definitely like to see him, you know, go somewhere where they can compete. And I, I do think with a better goalie. You know, boss, or sorry, the the Sabres could really make a, a push here. Uh, and my last team, we're not going to leave New York for you know biggest letdowns. It's it's the Rangers here. They're they're ten nine and four, and I feel like the issues that popped up towards the end of the season are showing their head uh, right now. Last year, they only got so far because Igor carried them. They're not an elite scoring team. They're not an elite defending team. Uh, but Igor, you know, he, he got them there and he, Igor definitely proven his abilities, but can he do it every game? No, that's not going to happen. If, if, you know, if Igor is Igor, the Rangers will be fine. The Rangers just need to figure out, you know, what they can do in front of him better and what they can do in front of Yaroslav Halak, um, who's been awful this season at, uh, he's played 10 games, you know, some in relief. But in his starts, he's gone 0-5 with a 3-2-1 goals against, 8-8-1 save percentage. So maybe, you know, Halak needs to step it up. Uh, maybe they maybe they make an improvement there. There's plenty of one-year deals they can move around if they want to acquire a defensive player. I, I, didn't, I wouldn't necessarily think they'd move on from Halak because that's, you know, kind of, I don't know if he's that bad, but, you know, the team has some blame if he's if he's at these stats the 321 the 3.21 goals against makes me think that the team isn't necessarily letting him down but he is letting up a little bit more goals than he should but it's hard to tell when he you know he's only had five starts as well or at least five games credited to him um if the you know i i mentioned making a move if if the, i wouldn't expect the rangers to move like one of their younger guys that they've drafted, like Philip Cheadle, Capo, Capo Caco, and uh, Alex Lafreniere. Um, Sammy Blay, 
I think he could be a potential trade target. He has four assists in only 20 games played, making 1.5 mil for the rest of this year. He's a UFA after this year. He's not homegrown. Actually, he he is a – I think he might be an RFA, but he's not homegrown like the other three. And he actually found his way onto the Rangers via trade um, when they traded a second-round pick. And, or sorry, the St. Louis Blues, Blues traded Sammy Blay in a second round 22-22 pick for Pavel ba- ba- God, Pavel Bushnevich. Uh, and that was like last year or last offseason. So definitely, you know, I think the Rangers downgraded their, their roster a little bit. They did sign Trocek, and Trocek is a great player. He is a gritty guy. He's play, He plays hard, plays tough. And he's a center. He's also from the Pittsburgh area. I like him a lot. Um, he he isn't you know a, a huge scoring threat, but he isn't awful at scoring. I I think really the the third and fourth lines need to step it up. The Rangers actually traded Ryan Reeves, which is probably a good move because he's not even really effective anymore. Um, I think they need someone like Capo Cagn or sorry Capo Cagn. Geez. Capo, uh, I think he needs to step up, maybe score a little bit more. I think this team's good. I, I, I don't think they're necessarily top of the Metro good anymore. Um, they definitely need to play better in front of their goalie. And they are for how their expectations were at the beginning of this year, people were definitely high on them. They're saying they'll the win the Metro, and I just, I, you know, I don't see it anymore. I, I I think this team's a letdown at this point. Um, if I'm going to move on from my letdown segment, segment, I'm going to kind of uh, talk about some of the NHL.com award favorites. So they have 15 voters, and they kind of pull who they think uh, is going to win certain awards. Um, I am going to put in my own thing here first. Uh, my cup favorites right now would be Boston to, versus Vegas. Just based off of uh, both of those teams and how well they're both playing. Uh, I'll talk about them both a little bit more towards the end here. Um, but the the awards, uh, according to NHL.com, they had 15 voters vote on a 5-4-3-2-1 basis. So your top guy is 5 points, you know, first place, 4 points for second, third for three, so on, until fifth place. Um. There's four four trophies that were were up, um, actually five trophies that were up, um, four four player ones or five, yeah four player ones. Um, but first and foremost, the heart, which is like the MVP for the league, um, Connor McDavid, of course, is in first place, 67 points. Twelve of the voters gave him first place, and this actually is funny because I. I brought this up to my, the Instagram group that I'm part of, which is like the fantasy hockey owners pretty much. And I, I kind of thought it was lame that it's just another scoring award. It seems like, like, okay, yeah, he's, he's scoring a lot, but last pod we talked about how the Oilers are underachieving and they're lucky to have, you know, last night they just came back uh, to win zero from zero three to beat the, the Panthers, of course. Uh, four to three, and it's just like, yeah, they have the talent to win games, and McDavid can score you two, three points a night, but, like, they're 11 and 10. They're, like, they're really not, like, doing well. It's most valuable player, I guess, is it to your team, or is it just in the league in general? Because if it's to your team, I don't think McDavid is the most valuable. I, I would even argue... Probably, that's that's tough. I could definitely argue Pasta. I could argue uh, Robertson even. Um, it's just, it's tough. I, I think it's tough to have it as a scoring award. Um, if it's most valuable in the league, then yeah, the guy that scores three points a night obviously is the best player, the most valuable player. You want a guy who can keep put the puck in the net three times, you know, a, a night. But if you're most valuable to your team, I feel like your team is over succeeding or succeeding directly because of you or, you know, it's, it's tough. 
And obviously hockey's a, a play like a, a team sport. It's not a, a single person sport or a single person game. Um, but I think it's just it, it raises better questions or just questions in general. Um scoring award it's I don't know if there's a good substitute and I don't really think that's in my qualifications to come up with a substitute. I just think it's lame that it's always the, the top scorer. Uh, maybe not always, but it does seem that way. Um, so the the NHL.com list has McDavid with 12 first place votes, votes leading Pasta, David Pasternak at uh, second with 35, and only one first place vote. Um, for I don't know if uh, they just didn't list it, but there's only 14 votes on this first one. That's funny. Oh wait, there's only 14 voters. I don't know what they're talking about then. Um, but the only other person to receive a first place vote, which is where I would argue maybe most valuable to your team is, uh, Eric Carlson, who is like, yes, this, this Sharks team is awful, but they are only doing good because Eric Carlson is like a point per game. They, they're, they're seven, 13 and four. And that's only because Eric Carlson is on fire. And I mean, obviously Logan Couture is, is there and he contributes and Timo, uh, Meyer, but like, man, I just feel like there there's a better argument if you're arguing, you know, most valuable to your team, and it would definitely be interesting, uh, more interesting arguments. I feel like maybe less cohesion, and maybe that's why points are like valued more. Um, I the the one uh, player I'd like to highlight on the the heart list was Jesper Bratt, who has uh three votes or three points in general. And I, that's one of those things where I was thinking like, yeah, like he might be the most valuable player to his team as well. Like they are, they have Jack Hughes, you know, Nico, he's but like, yes, for Brad has come out of nowhere. It seems and has performed very well for the devils and he's on a prove it deal right now. So he's going to get fucking paid next game. Next, uh, next time he gets a, a contract. Uh, moving on here to the, the, the Norris, I feel like this is obvious that with me mentioning who I'd vote for my MVP. Eric Carlson has 10 first-place votes, 64 points. Kale McCarr, three first-place votes, 43 points. Uh, Rasmus Dahlin, zero first-place votes. And the only other person to really receive a, a vote here for first place is Hampus Lindholm, and he has 27 points, and that puts him in fourth place. Roman Yossi is a player that I, w- I saw here, and he only has two points in general. Um, seeing how he was kind of snubbed last year for Kale McCarr, I feel like that's kind of shitty for him. Uh, but it just goes to show, you know, like, success in the NHL, it's not given. You gotta you gotta take it. It's Just because he's a good player doesn't mean he deserves, you know, every year. Um and this year, I, his his predators are just not proving it right now. They're sitting nine nine and two, and honestly, they just they're not scoring at all. Roman Yossi had a, a, almost a point per game last year. He was doing really well. Um, I think he had like sixty seven assists and eight eight point or eight goals or something. It was crazy. But but this this year that they're not scoring. They only have fifty three points or fifty three goals goals for so. Maybe he shouldn't even be on this list, to be honest. <laughs> um, and I will, I will say for for the heart, I'm gonna backtrack here a little bit. I think Sidney Crosby should be considered at one point here. Like, I know he's like a little past his prime here, but I think he deserves more more of a recognition than Nico Hischier or, or uh, Leon Draisaitl. I mean, if you're gonna men- mention Jesper Bratt, you gotta mention Sidney Crosby too. I feel, at least at this point. Um, the, the Vesna was the third player award that was on the NHL, uh, .com vote here. And it was the closest one. And right now, Connor Halibut is in the lead, uh, at least right now with five first place votes. Um, Linus Olmark has nine of these first place votes. So I don't really know how these other voters have it ranked. Cause I do think, uh, Olmark has the better stats and, the obvious candidate for number one, he would be my choice right now. I kind of disagree right now with what they have. Um, 
those two are it's pretty much a two two pony race there. Jake Ottinger, he kind of started falling off. Um, Logan Thompson, who's up for the Calder and actually in the lead for that, has also kind of fallen off. Uh, I, I do think it's it's those two players race though. I, I if they can continue to not lose and play extremely well during it, it's like how is it not one of those two? Uh, I'm gonna actually talk about the Calder before I talk about the uh, Jack Adams, which is the NHL head coach award. Um, the Calder, Logan Thompson is in the lead, 11, 11 first place votes, 62 points. Manny Berniers is uh, in second with uh, two first plates, two first place in 52 points. Shane Pinto has one of the first place votes and he has 35 uh, points. Um, it's hard, I feel like, to judge uh, goalie and, and player. Um, like, quantify their their stats a little bit. <clears throat> Logan Tom, Thompson is has a 2.44 goals against, 9-2-1 save percentage, and 12-4. And, and honestly, I, I think he might be a little bit more deserving for the Calder Award just because of how hard, or not how hard, but how much he is holding together the, the Vegas Golden Knights right now after losing all of their goaltending from last year to now like they Logan Thompson did play last year but he's like how Matt Murray was considered a rookie uh and he's a rookie right now so he had some more experience but he definitely is is performing well and he is definitely I think I think it's not unreasonable to uh, to consider you know in these awards how their their team would be affected if he wasn't there and Aiden Hill is not playing bad but he's not playing as well as Logan Thompson, and I mean, in general, this this team is built uh, with defense and scoring in mind. Like they are pretty evenly. Uh, the, that is the the Golden Knights. They are pretty evenly. You know, punch. You know, tick for tat. You know, they'll they'll hit you back. They'll play good defense. They're a big team. So, uh, Mark Stone is is the captain, and he is uh pretty much Mister Two Way Forward besides uh, Patrice Bergeron. So. I think that team's good. I think without him, though, and that kind of pushes him over Matty Bernier, Berniers, at least for right now for me, uh, is that how much he is holding the team together with his play. Um, lastly is the Jack Adams right now. and Sorry, Jack Adams Award. And right now, um, Lindy Ruff, who is the New Jersey Devils coach, is, is leading uh, seven first-place votes. Jim Montgomery, uh, the Bruins, he has six first-place votes. Uh, Bruce Cassidy, the Golden Knights, has uh, one first place vote, uh, and that puts it at 61 points for Ruff, 60 points for Montgomery, and 44 for Cassidy. It's kind of funny to me that, you know, the Bruins head coach last year was uh, Bruce Cassidy, and he's, you know, doing well with another team. Um, I I didn't really think Bruce Cassidy was well-loved in... Uh, in Boston, I feel like there was definitely some animosity towards the end of his tenure with them. So it's it's you know I'm I'm happy for him because I don't I don't really you know have any qualms with him, but it's it's weird to see that he was you know he was considered successful with the Bruins, but they you know just wanted to move past him anyway. Um, Jim Montgomery, he was a head coach for the the Stars. I think in 2018, <clears throat> excuse me, he wasn't bad, but it with this roster, whatever the reason, maybe they're just super motivated. He has definitely got them rocking and rolling, rolling. Um, and I do think it is uh, Lindy Ruff's, uh, you know, trophy right now. If I'd have to award it right now, no one obviously thought the Devils were going to be this good. Like, I, I think that in itself is a a good reason to vote this coach. You know. Jack Adams. It's one of the reasons why I think Mike Sullivan was, you know, snubbed last year is the Penguins went like 15, eight and one. And then, you know, went on a roll when Crosby and Malkin came back. It's like during those 15 or 20 games, sorry, there was no Sidney Crosby and there's no Malkin and the team was winning. The team was had a winning record. And I, I feel like that's, you know, you can't just consider the end part of the year. You got to consider the, the entire year. 
So these coaches could fall off if the if the you know the Devils go on a ten game losing streak here. You know, Lindy Ruff. You know, they might start chanting "Fire Lindy Ruff" again, which is something the Devils fans did. That's true. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm not really sure if if any other coaches could really be considered quite yet. Maybe Dave Hextall, who's the coach for the the Kraken, but I feel like more of their success lies in goalie play than head coaching. Um, Ron Brindamore, who, you know, is always considered for this award, maybe as well. I, I'd get into this with the preview. I don't really think that Carolina is very good this year, so I'll, I'll talk about that a little bit more. But their, their roster, their, their current um, record, 11-6-5, would tell you otherwise. But I, I, I'll break that, that down a little bit more later. Um, my last two little not, like tidbits here um, – something I thought was interesting East versus West this year. Um, as of yesterday, I didn't calculate yesterday's game yesterday's games in this. There was 150 games played East versus West conference here. Um, the East has, has gone 83, 49 and 18 getting 62.33% of the points. And the West has gone 67, 69 and 14 getting 43, 49.33% of the points. Kind of a, a big discrepancy. Uh, one of the funnier and more like outlying stats is that the, the Arizona Coyotes have gone seven to zero versus the Eastern Conference teams. Uh, so teams that you'd expect, you know, other teams to feed on, are winning and kind of propping up this percentage even for for the Western Conference. Uh, the the one of the I mean the best team in in the Western Conference is the golden Knights and they're, they have a game on, on the stars and they're five points ahead. So that's a little bit of a gap. Um, beyond that, it wasn't super impressive. Um, like Winnipeg has 27 Kraken have 29 Kings have 27 and, and that's like in fourth place, 27 points in fourth place in the East is 30 and sixth place is 27 and, the Penguins are rounding off the the bottom, the playoff line, basically, with 25 points. And 25 points gets you in the playoff, same spot, basically. But the the West has or three points off in the playoff line. So the it, you need three more points to get in the playoffs in the East right now. Uh, and I just think this, like, East versus West thing is, is interesting because at one point the Western Conference is has been better. But I think for sure at this point, the the Eastern Conference usually beats the the West, and I know that the the Avalanche won last year in their Western, but they were just an insanely stacked team, and the Tampa Bay Lightning finally ran into a challenge in the playoffs in the Stanley Cup, and they lost. Um, so yeah, I thought I thought that was cool. Thought that was interesting. I'm gonna keep my eye on that because. I feel like that definitely will uh, correlate somewhere later down the line. Maybe make some money off of that. Um, my my last thing here is kind of a, a feel good feel good note. Uh, Isaiah Myers Crothers. We mentioned him before with you know that Mitchell Miller bullying bullshit. Um, he got to hang out with Wayne Simmons and go to the Leafs Wings game uh, for his 21st birthday. It kind of makes me happy at the NHL. If not the NHL, then at least Wayne Simmons reached out and did something. Uh, especially after they literally hired his like abuser and bully, um, and you know, I don't really buy what the league was saying at first. Like, oh, Gary Bettman's oh, he's not allowed to play in our league. It's like, well, was there ever anything about that or on that? Because I don't think the NHL ever said that. And to me, it kind of felt like someone protecting their ass. And Gary Bettman, I believe he was a lawyer before he became commissioner of the NHL, and he kind of speaks in lawyer talk where he won't assign blame or, you know, confront a direct issue, kind of sidesteps it and maybe even, you know, scheming a little bit. I don't know. Um, Obviously, I'm happy he can't play. Mitchell Miller can't play. But the NHL definitely should not have even been in that situation to allow them to hire uh, this guy. And if whatever you know documentation or whatever they say they sent out uh, clearly it didn't reach reach everybody um but yeah i i'm um, shout out to Wayne Simmons for you know 
getting this kid a good moment in his life. He deserves, you know, after being bullied, I mean, not even for being bullied, but just, you know, to have something good in his life. It's not, it's not right to bully someone for the color of their skin and to do such inhumane things to him. Um, this, this Mitchell Miller guy, there's been more that's come out and it. It's kind of been like, uh, he really doesn't feel remorse. So I say, fuck him. And, you know, I think the NHL should, you know, at least get this kid to like the all-star game or something like give the kid, you know, some time in the light, get him, his story known. Cause you know, if he's truly bullied, he, you know, deserves to have his wrongs righted. Um, and with that, we will gladly move over to the Penguins' corner. Um, the Pens went 2-1 last week despite a tough showing against Toronto. Um, <clears throat> I think we're starting to mesh well as a roster. Our first game uh, was a 2-1 win versus the Flames. I predicted a 4-1 win, so I was a little overzealous. But what I did like I, that I predicted right was that we are not allowing scoring chances. Uh, and we are playing good, you know, defensive structured game against them. We didn't give them... Any free, any free goals, no, nothing uh, that looked like you know we needed to work on. Like it's, it was a playoff style game, and the Pens only won in a shootout. I, and that was a, uh, that was Gino's um, game where he threw his stick over the uh, the ice, I believe. Right? I need to look that up actually. Oh man. I don't even remember now, but I'm pretty sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm good. I'm good. Um, yeah, but that that was truly a magic night. Like, the Penguins gave uh, a silver stick to Malkin and his kid Nikita and his wife Anna. Um, it, it was a nice showing for the Pens, and I got a little emotional. How, how could you not? I, I We've all watched this guy grow, or grow old and since we've been young and – and honestly, it's, it's it's towards the end of uh, an era, and honestly, I can do nothing but thank Evgeny Malkin for all he's done. And I felt like that emotion permeated the entire night for the Penguins. Um, they wanted to play for Malkin. They wanted to win. And just to have him deke the shit out of the goalie and put it ba- uh, backhand shelf it, I mean, it was storybook. And you can't write a, a better, you know, moment in someone's life. And I was glad that I could share – even a you know tiny like snippet into that that moment, um, it was a good win, good team win, and I I think we brought that over to the Flyers. We just dominated them. Um, it's funny, I I was actually this is something I did I guess last week. This was last Friday, so I remember uh, watching this game on my TV and then going out to the bars and just you know after the Pens won, I was like, wow, this is awesome. Like this is such a fun time. Um, and they, they won a 4-1 game. I predicted 5-1, so I was very close on, on that one as well. Um, the Flyers, they're just, they're just you know, finally sinking back to what they really are. Um, the Pens just dominated. They were on top of them the entire time. They couldn't get our, anything in our zone. Like, they had to just dump it and, you know, hope that the Pens didn't score on the rush kind of sometimes. And... It looked good. It was a dominating performance, and it's good to see Jari play well in back-to-back games as well. Um, it can easily focus on these wins, but I I, I was at the game uh, versus Toronto where we lost, so I wanted to talk to that a little bit more. Um, you could feel the energy in the air during that game, and it was exciting. Um, I was like, I could feel the electricity in the air when O Canada was being sung, and the Star Spangled Banner, and it sucked that the first goal was 40 seconds in the game on a bad shift by the Penguins. And Toronto from there just did not let up. The Penguins were getting suffocated by them. Um, I was with my brother and I kept saying, like, man, they're just they're just dumping it. And they the, the, like the Leafs are just retrieving it, getting out and going in our zone. And that's what happened. It was a three to one shot. It was like 17 to four in the first. It was a tough game tough game and um you know that there was a waved off goal i think it was in the second period and it it really felt like an early whistle when we were there live um but that momentum swing if we scored that it would have been huge and maybe a game changer um i called a 4-3 win for the pens but i 
did not uh, expect Calgren to barely get tested in this game at all. I expected it to be more run and gun, but, you know, the Leafs kind of shut down the Penguins. Um, and that's been an issue that I've seen people highlighting on the internet, at least, is that the Penguins, when they play these younger teams who can retrieve the puck and are quick, like uh, the Devils, for example, um, the, the the criticism is that the, the Penguins, you know, are just losing to these teams, maybe because they're old and, and slower. But I, I don't know if that's the only reason. Um, watching it, you know, live and in person, it it looked, it looked kind of like they were just faster and all over us. So maybe that is a fair criticism. Um, with that being the case, um, Danton Heinen has also been pointless in 17 point or 17 games. I'm wondering, you know, maybe he's not the quickest guy. Does Kapanen get a shot? Uh, I feel like he might at least deserve one. It's tough, you know, to move him if he is that this guy is getting scratched in the first place. So if he, if we're going to plan on trading him or doing something with him, he needs to get back, you know, playing games. And he's fit, he's fast. He's a good skater. I don't know if scratching Kapanen has ever been a good solution for it, though. So I'm, I'm not sure if, if that will help us with these quicker teams because he's been also in those games and hasn't really performed well. So tough, tough, uh, tough angle there um, for the Pens. I think if that is a good – if that is the issue with the Pens and maybe I should pay a little bit more closer attention to see if that is the issue – I think then they gotta they gotta stuff up the the neutral zone. I actually uh, pointed that out in, to my brother. Uh, the Pens were running a one four, and the the Leafs just kind of like wouldn't enter the zone for like a good twenty seconds there. And it was interesting to see that live because I don't remember ever, the Penguins ever really employing that. And for those who are unaware, a four one in the neutral zone is one forward that is going to pester the puck, uh, and the four. Uh, remaining players, two, two defensemen, two wingers usually, are just sitting at the blue line, not letting them uh, dump and get anything in. Uh, so it's kind of like clogging up the middle, clogging up the offense, and to beat this, you got to dump it behind the, the team and then, you know, just chase it down and win the puck battles. And that's kind of what was happening the entire game, uh, both zones. And I'm not surprised the Pens lost that game because they deserved – to lose that game. It looked like they should have lost that game. Um, the Pens really, I mean, Carrie, Casey DeSmith didn't really play a, a terrible game. They just, Pens just did not help him at all. So it kind of sucks that, especially with that disallowed goal. I mean, I, I, I know the Pens have been on the benefactor of, uh, you know, the whistles before and it sucks really to not get those calls. Um, they are momentum changing. Uh, and that, that's all the games the Pens played. They went two and one. I, I think it's a good week overall. Um, I think this week, kind of similar, uh, you know, challenge. They have two teams that I would consider okay or better, and then uh, Vegas, who is a pretty damn good team. Um, first, we're playing Carolina tonight, and we're playing in four minutes. So I might even throw it on real quick, actually, while I have the second here. Hopefully there's no sound. So yeah, so the Penguins are home tonight. Um, the the Hurricanes are three three and four in their last uh, ten games, and they're your typical defensively structured team. Um, they don't give a lot of good chances, but they don't really score a lot. They have uh, fifty nine goals for, sixty one goals against. They're both well below, not well below, but below league average. And twenty sixth is what uh, fifty nine goals for will get you an eighth will get you 61 goals allowed. So, or 61 goals allowed will get you eighth place. So that's a, that's a good stat there. So looking at that right there is that their team is not scoring, but they are preventing goals, uh, which is, I'd say uh, the better issue to have. Maybe I feel like they will have a solution long-term, but um, I'll, taking that, that deeper dive into the roster is, I was just wondering why that goal's for, you know, was so low. And, um, the, yeah, the Ron Brindamore plays a defensive structure, but it also is tough, you know, if you have two of your best scoring players, T- Tivu Teravainen and Max Pasc- Pascaretti. P- 
Pass my god, I always suck at this. Pass you already. Um having those two players injured longer term is tough. Um Tivu Teravine, he he put up eighty plus points. Uh Pascaretti is definitely a thirty plus goal scorer. I don't know necessarily at this point in his life. He's had a lot of injuries, like a lot of injuries, like missing significant time. So who knows how good he is anymore if he'll do well when coming back. Um but they also lost Vinny Trocek in, in free agency to the Rangers. Vinny Trocek is a gritty guy. He he reminds me of, you know, like a second, third line forward who mostly second because he can score who is a gritty guy though as well and those guys that you need to get like into the stanley cup and to win uh those tough games you need a guy who can be physical you know play well in his own score if necessary or you know at a decent clip um his replacement was paul stasny who is like 38 years old at this point has five points at 21 games uh, I, I really, I, I think the Penguins are, are better than the, the Hurricanes are, especially right now on paper with Aho and Pascaretti missing. I think if we're going to beat the Hurricanes, we're going to need our fourth line to continue to contribute uh, and do well in the offensive zone. Maybe get us a gritty goal. They did that pretty well uh, this last last week versus the the Flyers, and I, I they were actually kind of driving the offense that game and. If if we're gonna if we're gonna beat them, I think Teddy Bluger has to score a goal. I, I want him to score a goal tonight. Uh, he has not yet scored one in seven seven games played, so watch out for him. Um, if the Penguins get really sloppy with the puck, I, I think that they will uh, they'll lose this game eventually or inevitably. Uh, if if you get frustrated by a team that plays a good defensive game, they're gonna eventually hit you back in the mouth. Um, and getting frustrated is kind of how you lose games against defensive teams. Like, it's okay if we push out to overtime because they're turtling. I, I don't want them to necessarily lose a point for being overly aggressive. Um, with that being said, I think the Pens win 3-1 to one tonight. Um, I don't think uh, Jari is going to get solved more than once. I, I think that um, the Pens are at home, and they kind of want to play a better game than they did against the uh the Leafs. Um, second game this this uh, this week is Vegas. Who I mean, there's a lot of good things to say about Vegas, but I'm going to stick with Jack Eichel and Logan Thompson, who are the two players making the biggest impact on this team. Um, Jack Eichel has 26 points, 11 goals in uh, 20 22 games, and I mean 25 games. Sorry. Um, He's leading his team up to the Western Conference, you know, top of it. And if the Pens are going to win, they got to shut down the Eichel line and the the original Misfits line. Um, uh, Morgan or not Morgan O'Reilly, Riley Smith, uh, Marsha Salt, and William Carlson, the original Misfits, who were drafted, you know, in expansion draft. And they're also, you know, contributing at like a decent pace, about like seven point seven points per game, which is decent. You know, that's a good second point. Um, the Penguins are it's gonna be a fun game, I think. Um, I think Pens are gonna have the crack Logan Thompson, who has had an impressive stat line. I told you it 2.44 gold and 921 save percentage. Um, I don't think Vegas is infallible as much as I want to sing, sing them some praise here. They're only five, four, and one in their last 10, and they lost to some considerably bad teams. Uh, I, I'm not sure. Uh, it depends, you know, if they take them lightly, I, maybe they can get blown out of the water, but I think this is a good chance to show that the Pens are at top of the league and they can beat a Western Conference team that's top of the league. And I think they'll win a 3-2 game and a nail-biter. Um, the last game, and uh, probably the worst team they play this week is St. Louis. Um, they started to play better hockey. They're seven, seven and three in their last ten. They're getting more scoring from their top players, but their defense and goaltending has taken a slip. They're scoring more, but they're also letting more up. Um, I don't really consider their team a good roster. I think they're going to sell at the deadline, but getting into that, I'd have to do a little bit more of a deep dive on this team. Um, I think the Pens could, you know, control play as they did with the Flyers, control the puck. Make the Blues chase us, send deflections, you know, at the net, 
frustrate Bennington. Uh, I've seen the Pens do it before. He's a streaky goalie. If you get in his head, I think we can easily take this team down. And I, I know that's kind of, you know, oh, this guy's an idiot. Punch him in the mouth, back, like, you know, but being so confident. But I do think the Pens are a better better team than the, 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 than the St. Louis Blues could ever be this this roster this year. Um, I think it's going to be a 5-2 win for the Pens, and Bennington, if he plays, is going to get pulled. I, I really do uh, think that. Um, and my last segment here, as always, is going to be the power rankings of the week. I don't really have all of Moot's usuals crap uh, towards the end here because he's not here. Sorry, Moot. Uh, but happy birthday to him, by the way. I can't believe it took me this long in the pod to say that. Uh, shout out, Matt. Happy birthday, dude. Don't look a day over 16. Um, so, yeah, moving on uh, to the power rankings here. I, I feel like, you know, most of these elite teams have solidified themselves as elite and probably will stay up there the entire year. Bruins, uh, Devils, Vegas have all solid teams. Um, the other teams, you know, these playoff teams, the Islanders playing really well right now. Uh, or same thing with the Stars and the Kraken. I think the Pens are still up there along with the Jets, Lightning. Uh, Hurricanes are starting to slip. Same thing with the, the Kings. I haven't really been liking what I've seen from the Kings. Uh, but the Hurricanes, if if the Pens blow them out of the water, I think I'm going to downgrade them to fringe. Because when you play a, another competitor like the Pens, like uh, in the Metro, uh, a tough team, good team, if you get blown out of the water, I think that just shows to show that you were not prepped for this game or maybe even to be in the playoff category <clears throat> the fringe guys here uh, i got detroit florida who have definitely taken a slip and they are definitely in that fringe category montreal who's not really moved uh same thing with the oilers rangers same thing with uh, honestly the rest of these guys blues predators wild they just you know you win the game, you lose the game. You don't really move too much in the, the standings yet. Um, the teams that are playing well are going to move in the standings. These guys just, you know, they're not impressing anyone, at least not me. Um, this bad section, I, I think the, the only real change is uh, Flames coming in. Uh, they are not a good team. I don't, but I did not think uh, that what I saw from the Pens was really inspiring from them. I Kind of think the Pens outplayed them for most of that game. Um, Vancouver's playing better. Still not good enough, though. Washington, we've talked about their millions of dollars in cap hell, or at least in, uh, on the IR. Just also not really a great team. Sharks, same. Flyers, awful. They might be in the Bernard sweepstakes. Uh, people are starting to fall, get hurt. Tony D'Angelo hurt this uh in the Pens game, apparently, blocked the shot, got hurt. Because honestly, they could be in the hunt for Bedard. Uh, the Sabres and the Saints also just haven't really pressed me. They're either going 500 or below 500, which is not really an improvement on your current position. Uh, unless other teams are doing worse than you. And I don't think that is a good indictment of power ranking. Um, lastly, as always, these four teams. Uh, Coyotes, Jackets, Hawks, Ducks. They, they are all dark. Really, at this point, who's going to make the first selling selling move to get you know a better draft position here? Uh, I do think it could be the Ducks and maybe get you know something for John Gibson. I wouldn't mind seeing him move. I really do think he deserves better. Uh, I think Patrick Kane also could be on the move. Same thing with Dave. So for the for the Hawks. Whoever makes that move, I mean, they could really get some draft capital, and they kind of are going to set the market for, for everyone else. Uh, and with that being said, I, I'm not going to go into the uh, Panther Den here. I don't really want to talk about them. They're playing like shit. They look like shit. Uh, don't really have anything on the, the Jackets besides that they suck, Matt. So if you're listening, the Jackets suck. I don't like them. They're probably going to stay a uh, shitty franchise forever. Your team's a poverty franchise. Uh, and for all those who are still listening, I thank you for listening to episode six of Fucking Dirty. I enjoy talking to you guys every week, giving you guys my completely correct and never wrong view of the interworld. So thank you very much. 
and have a good day. Have a good rest of the week. Go Pens.